Hey there, and welcome to the Dynamics Hot Dish Podcast, serving up stories and knowledge on Dynamics 365 and the Power Platform. This is what's hot in Dynamics. You're now joining Merlin Schweiger, Liz McGlennon, and Ashley Steiner. Fun. Are they like motion activated? They're not, but they're all synced together. So I have, you can't see Hagrid and Dumbledore. They're on the other side of the sorting hat, Um, but they're all linked together. So they like tell the story of the first Harry Potter book, but they like say their own lines, right? Like they, it's really cool. See, you are a nerd, Ashley. This is where I'm a nerd is I am a nerd. You just got to get on the right topic. Exactly. But then the sorting hat will sort you as well. And then I have like all the books down here. They come out with the new books every year. Wow. What do you mean like, new books every year? Like they, 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 here I'll just pull one up. So they like create ornaments for like oh. the book. And they're technically ornaments. I just don't yeah. put them on a tree because I like to display them. Right. Fun. So yeah, see, I am a nerd. It just, yeah. Anyways. Yes. So I'm curious, when is the right time to like start decorating it for Christmas or listening to Christmas music? Like when do you guys start? Is it like the day after Halloween, the day after Thanksgiving, you wait even longer? Like what's your preference? Day after Halloween just makes me sick. Um, I would say typically I'm a day after Thanksgiving kind of person. This year, like I traveled for Thanksgiving. Um, so it wasn't going to be able to, so I, I decorated before Thanksgiving just to like get everything out and up. Um, but I think I decorated for Halloween, like the first day of September. So that's kind of early. Yeah. My, my neighbors made comments about my pumpkins outside. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's still kind of still summer. (laughs) They were fake pumpkins. It's not like they were real. Yeah. You know, that wouldn't last that long. I mean, yeah. Squirrels (laughs) will get through those in no time. Um, yeah, like I didn't put you? my I didn't put my tree up until like the first week of December. So, so your tree's up already. Mm-hmm. Oh, ours is not. See, I. You asked the same question, but you said two different things that I actually have two separate opinions about. There's the decorating, and there's the music. Okay. So, Christmas decorations, we've gotten into the tradition over the last few years where the weekend, the three days basically after Thanksgiving, somewhere in there we go get the Christmas tree and we put up the Christmas tree and put up lights and stuff. Do you so get a live right now, Christmas tree? Oh yeah. And you put it up that early? Yeah. Huh. Wow. Do you take it down right away then? Um, no, usually like January. Okay. I feel like it's a long time to have a real Christmas tree up. Yeah, I feel like the needles would all be falling off by Right. No, they do pretty well, honestly. Um, you must not have a cat that like goes up and like plays. I do not have a cat. Uh, I do have an almost three-year-old though, and his favorite thing to do is to pull ornaments off of the tree. It's pretty much the same thing, a cat. Which we're working on, yeah. Yeah. It is actually kind of the same thing. <laughs> when he, he gets upset, he yowls as well. <laughs> um, so the tree is up. Some of the lights are up. This year we finally got some lights to like decorate outside because I've been lazy and I never want to decorate outside so I've never decorated outside it's only been inside but we'll put some lights up outside this year but like 
I have a really hard time with Christmas music. Like I have a really, really tough time when I go to a, like a store the day after Thanksgiving or like the week after Thanksgiving. Or the day after Halloween now. Yeah, the third thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, oh, anything that's before Thanksgiving just like irks me to no end. But like Christmas music is like what? It's the same 20 songs, but this time it's sung by Justin Bieber. And this time it's sung by Mariah Carey. And this time it's sung by Frank Sinatra. And this time it's sung by somebody else. And it's all You forgot Bing Crosby. Or this time, or some, this time it's a symphony. You know what I mean? Like right. maybe it's just orchestra. And it's just over and over and over. And so I can appreciate Christmas music for about two weeks leading up to Christmas. And that's it. Anything before that, I get crabby. Anything, well, nobody plays it after. So I don't have to worry about that. My mom plays it after. Well, I'm for how long right after? There. Um, probably until like New Year's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's no, we, we would get into like huge arguments because she would like turn it on in October, November. And I'd be like the week before Christmas until the day after Christmas. Like, that's it. <laughs> I but mean, I've opened it up. I've yes. opened myself. Like I, like I listened to music while I decorated, you know, yeah. before Thanksgiving because it was like festive. But then I didn't listen to it again until like, then I went and looked at Christmas lights. And yeah. so you play Christmas, you know what I mean? So I would say, but I, I'm not a huge fan I, see I like the Justin Bieber uh type of Christmas music or Michael Buble I like have that. a really good Justin Bieber Christmas song I'll send it to you Ashley okay I don't remember what it's called I'm very excited yeah I was gonna say like I don't think technically Christmas ends on Christmas day mm-hmm. and so like your mom's not totally wrong by like extending it a little bit further yeah I don't understand as soon as all my presents are open Christmas is over isn't it I think it depends on the reason for Christmas, right? Is it family? Is it presents? Is it, you know? I mean, in fairness, I carry Christmas all the way through Christmas dinner. There has to be Christmas dinner. It has to involve a ham. Very particular about that. Christmas dinner is ham. We make chicken tortilla soup on Christmas dinner. No, that's the Christmas Eve. We make little chickens for Christmas day. Hmm. Sorry, Cornish game hens is I think what normal people call them. Inside my family, we call them little chickens, and there's even a little chicken song. Maybe someday I'll sing for you. I don't <laughs> sing it. My sister does. Please. Oh my Please. God. Okay, I really set myself up for this. So, okay, I also want to just clarify this is not my song. My sister is the one who goes around the house singing little chickens, little chickens, little chickens, little chickens. And she'll like do this the entire day of Christmas because she's excited. Oh, I cannot believe I just did that. She does it much better. Like, because again, she's it's her song but she's done it our entire life she still does amazing. it she's almost she's at like merlin's age and she still does it she'll just go yeah. around the house yeah. oh is there a dance too oh yeah no she likes to point and dance so there's there's some of that maybe i'll get i'll get someone to record it this year i won't be home for thing for christmas but that's exceptional that's uh, liz did you answer your own question about decorating and music I've not. Um, I wait to decorate till after Thanksgiving and I'm kind of slow with it. Like it's gradual because there's a lot to do. Um, Christmas music, I don't usually start playing it till after Thanksgiving, but I like to play it on the piano and it requires practice. And so I will start practicing on the piano, but Tom doesn't like it. Like sometimes I'll be like, oh, I'm going to practice Christmas music in July. And he's like, no, you can't do that. So I have to play when no one's around. 
But like if you only play the songs once a year and you don't practice them, they're not very good because you're not practicing them all the time. And there's a lot of Christmas music. Yeah, there's all 20 of those songs. Like before COVID, I was part of a handbell choir like at church. We did handbells. I've always like started, thought about doing that before. It's really fun. I really enjoy it. I did it in grade school and like it's, but that was pre-COVID. We haven't kicked it back up since COVID. Um, <clears throat> but we would start practicing like in August, our Christmas mm-hmm. music. Yeah. And I normally sing in a, a chorale and like, it's not, we aren't singing. We haven't been singing since COVID happened, but like we would start practicing Christmas music the day after, like the week after Labor Day. It starts early September. And so like, I'm used to like practicing it but well before, you know, Thanksgiving. Hmm. Interesting. Well, sounds like nobody's too crazy here. Nobody's like the before Halloween rolls around, like we got to start putting up Christmas stuff. We'll never be allowed. Halloween's too big of a deal. Yeah, I love Halloween. Like I like the fall. I like to celebrate the fall season. Mm -hmm. So like Halloween, fall, it's my favorite season. So I try not to go too early with the Christmas Yeah, you can't skip over that. It's a good point. It's a good point. Yeah. If anyone from Target Corporate is listening, quit stocking Christmas stuff in October. It's inappropriate. Yeah. Like when I went (laughs) shopping for Halloween stuff, Halloween weekend, all the Halloween stuff was gone and all the Christmas stuff was out. And I'm like, no, it's not Halloween yet. I still need Halloween things. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Same. Yeah. I'm like, this is way, I'm not here to buy Christmas lights. I'm here to buy Halloween lights. (laughs) Like, Yeah. I'm with you on that. Yeah. Well, since since that's actually a great segue, the voice of the customer speaking. How to, is it a great segue? What? We're I was just telling anybody from corporate Target, like, stop taking away the Halloween stuff too early. If only they had customer voice, they could get those opinions directly and they can maybe make some business decisions. I'm pretty sure it, took, it has segue? survey functionality. I say it took some work there, Merlin, but I think you finally made the connection. I feel like it was totally. I think he winged that connection. (sighs) Anyway. Yes, customer voice surveys. Customer voice and surveys. And since this is Liz's topic, Liz, take it away. What should we know about customer voice? Well, it allows you to send surveys out. It's also one of those tools that has been around and reinvented and renamed multiple times. That's true. <laughs> Just like we've been kind of sharing history of products. So it started off as voice of the customer. Um, and before that, Microsoft didn't really offer a survey tool. And they were always like add-ons that you could use for surveys. And then it moved to Forms Pro, and now, <laughs> now it's customer voice, which is just all too close to its first name. Um, Literally, Microsoft probably has a bucket of like five names that they are allowed to repurpose. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, I would say like if you've ever built a form in Forms Pro, like it's similar functionality, it's similar types of questions, like it has the same sort of feel, feel to it. And it's like really easy to build a survey. It's not hard at all. It's very like WYSIWYG. Um, it gets like has metrics built in. So like depending on the type of question that you have, you can tie it to like NPS or your CSAT or like your sentiment score. And like, if you get poor scores, then you can trigger alerts for someone to act on. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So where would you ideally like use customer voice? So like, is it an add-on? Is it an add-on for customer service for sales? I mean, where do you see it? I mean, you can use it 
in any sense, like you can use it for traditional surveys or you can kind of repurpose it of, you know, we need to embed a form on a website um, or you just want to collect, I don't know, other feedback, but you could really use it in any of the modules like marketing sales or customer service. So anytime you want to send something so you can email it, you can give a link, you can give a QR code or you can embed it on a website. So anytime you want to keep like send something out in one of those methods to either known contacts or you can get anonymous. Um, obviously, like the link in the QR code, you could just put it out there and you might not know who's filling it out. Um, but you can get survey responses in and, you know, collect different types of data. So you said something that makes me question. So you said you can put a form or is it like a form to fill out the survey? Because that makes me think that there's overlap with marketing and like creating the forms there. I mean, it, it is essentially a form, right? Like it's what a survey is, it's a bunch of fields that someone's filling out, like text or ratings, or let me pull up my notes and the other types of fields. But yeah, it's just a bunch of fields that people are interacting with. So it's a, basically a form and it does give you embed code so you can put it on to your website. Gotcha. Yeah, so you could use it to replace like a web form. Your survey in that case is just what's your first name and your last name and you your could and your comments but then the challenge is there like you don't you might not know who that person is because you're not emailing it to a contact for example yeah. and so then who's filling it out um and it doesn't actually create a record like a contact or lead or an account record in your system like it creates a, a response and so then you would have to write like a power automate flow to take the survey response and then create the record from that so it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. I was, yeah. I was done at uh, Power Automate. <laughs> well, Ashley, you're our Power Automate expert. What are you talking about? If, if we are in big trouble if that is a, a true statement. So the types of questions we have are a yes, no. Um, so a choice, a text, and text is tied to sentiment. So like if someone's writing something in it, can kind of tell like, is it a positive or negative statement? rating which is just like a score like a one to five or one to ten and you can define that range and that ties to customer satisfaction or csat you have a date you have a ranking you have a liker you have an nps and so that promoter score and then the other kind of tool you have is that you can like group questions together and if you group questions together into sections that's how you can create a multi-page survey yeah multi-pages um, can you do branching on those pages? So can I say like, if they answer this on page one and take them straight yep. to page four? Yeah, so we have logic where, you know, depending on a previous answer, you can hide and show future questions or jump to the end of the survey. And that's, it's super easy to set up. It's very intuitive. So I'm gonna ask a really dumb question that like, I already probably know the answer to, but I think it's good to, to why would you choose this over like SurveyMonkey or forms or things like that? That's a good question. Yeah, well, SurveyMonkey doesn't integrate with Dynamics. So like, let's say Power Survey Plus or something that actually works. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess you're right, like other add-on. So like, I guess maybe if you didn't have the licenses to it, like to be honest, maybe Merlin, you know, like do you have access to customer voice on like just a Power Apps license? Like I'm wondering if there's license types that don't give you access to it, then maybe where you do have forms through your office account where you might want to use that instead. Yeah. So 
customer voice is included in enterprise level licenses. So if you get sales enterprise, service enterprise, um, you get customer voice at sort of its base level, which is 2000 responses per month. Um, there is a standalone license. So if you don't have the enterprise dynamics licenses, like you've got sales professional or you just have the power apps licenses, then you'd have to buy, you'd have to buy customer voice standalone. Um, I don't remember offhand what the price is, but I'm pretty sure it's on the website. Uh, I is feel that, like it's like 500 like, bucks a month or something. Okay. I was going to say, is it like a per month or is it per response or something? So it's, it's a monthly cost, but it's for, as Microsoft loves to do, they'll be like, well, here's your base cost. And it gives you this many things. So customer voice gives you 2000 responses per month for your base level. And then if you're getting more responses than that, then you have to add, you know, buy like add on response packs for whatever mm -hmm. to get more responses in. That makes sense. Um, so I could see like, if you just had power apps licenses or you had, you know, sales pro, maybe customer voice to be a little bit expensive, especially if you're not getting that many like surveys, you could use forms because mm -hmm. that would be in your office license, but like. And you could still do a power automate form or power automate flow off of a form response and like create or do something in dynamics from that. So like, it's right. not gonna be like as integrated, but it's, you could still get to a similar endpoint. Mm -hmm. I also don't think I'm pretty sure forms doesn't have like that sentiment analysis. Stuff. No, it doesn't so, have, like, have any to... of, no, it doesn't have the alerts. Yeah. Like if someone gives you a bad rating or score or sentiment, like it doesn't do anything. Like it doesn't, you know, promote action. Um, and it doesn't, uh, like, I don't think you have as many options either. Just like, I yeah. like bring me, like, I think just customer voice is more robust in general than forms. I haven't done like a feature by feature comparison though. So. Right. And just my perspective, like from what I've seen of both of them is that there's just more to customer voice, like more options. And it comes with a bunch of templates too, and like industry specific template surveys um, that give you a pre-canned survey and also come with some power automate flows. So like forms would never do that. And that's what I was going to say about other add-ons to like power survey. Like, I don't think it does alerts or other things like that either. Well, I mean, that's an alert is a nominal thing to build. Yeah. And I just build another flow that says, well, if I get a response that's three or below, like send an email to somebody, but. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think from what I've seen too, like the reporting for customer voice is better than for forms. Like you have some mm -hmm. different reports and metrics that it tracks natively. Yeah. And so if you do know who the person responding is, so let's say you send an email, will it track that response in their contact record? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I will say there is an extra step. Like if you want to send surveys directly out of D365, um, there's an extra step you need to take in the setup process to get the like send survey button to show up on the command bar. But yeah, it'll link, it'll link to the contact if it has that information. What about the reporting? I think you just touched on it. Like, does it come with basic reporting or do you need to build? Yeah, custom? it comes with an email delivery report. And so you can see like, who have you sent it to? Who's responded? Who's not responded? Who's unsubscribed and who's failed? So like if it bounces. 
And then you get detailed responses, um, which gives you little charts of like, how are people responding? You can export that to Excel, and then you can also filter on dates. So like if you're just looking for responses in a certain time frame, and then you have satisfaction metrics. So like these will only show up if you're using the sentiment CSAT or NPS type of questions, and it will start tracking that and give you charts on that as well. And again, that has the ability to like filter on dates or like which survey you wanna look at or if you wanna look at all of them. And so you also have the ability, like there's some security around it. So like you can group surveys within projects and you can control like who has access to which surveys. So like if you have a team that only needs to use or like be able to edit one or two of them or view one or two of them, like you have control over who in the system can access them. Oh, and then all the data, all the results are actually stored in Dataverse. Mm -hmm. So you've got other capabilities that you could do there, like I don't know, you can build more apps on it or more flows or more security. Or... Could you, obviously you could pull into Power BI, right? And create your own custom reporting over time. Across. Yeah, that's cool. Of course, of course. Yeah, Power BI, I'm not as opposed to as uh, much as Power Automate. It's good. Probably just because it's did. been around longer and you've had more time to warm up to it. That's probably true. Um, well, I was going to ask about the roadmap. Like, is there anything oh, yeah. really cool and exciting coming in customer voice? Not that I've heard of. No, okay. it doesn't mean that there's not. I have just not heard of anything. No, I mean, I, it worked, like it works well for surveys. I was very impressed by the type of like branding you can do. Like they have kind of three different spots. You can put images or logos. Like you can put a logo kind of in your header. And then you can kind of do a, a background image, like a hero image in the like overall header. And then you can actually put another image like in the, the background and you can do like the fonts and the coloring. And so like from a branding perspective, it's easy and there's a lot of options. Um, the other thing I was impressed with was how easy it was to set up uh, a multilingual survey. And so you can actually mm -hmm. choose which languages you wanna add and then you can import your translations in through a spreadsheet. Um, and so you just have to have someone that can translate your survey for you. But other than that, that's super easy to set up and you have a few different like setting options of um, like, do you wanna decide, like you can either have it like choose to use the user's browser language or you can like let them pick. So if you have an international deployment or like you have clients from all around the world, like I could see that being helpful for sure. You'd wanna provide a survey in there their main language. Absolutely. I think that's cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I don't know, any other, uh, any other features of Note? I mean, no, like it's really easy. Well. It's really easy to use. Um, I guess the one kind of gotcha, I'd say is like pay attention to which environment you're setting it up in because it defaults to the default. Um, every time. And so if you just like click through the setup really fast, like you're going to end up creating your survey in potentially the wrong environment. Um, and obviously you'd probably want to like test it first before <laughs> moving to production. So like set it up in a lower environment first to pay attention to which environment it's in. Um, yeah, I mean, it's pretty straightforward. I think, I think a, like more of the challenge comes around defining like 
your process for tr like tracking and measuring customer satisfaction. So like, do we want to do NPS? Like, do we care about that? Do we want something else? Like, when do we send them? Are they baked into the process? Like the kind of the business decisions, I think are actually more complicated than like actually the technology itself, because it's just so easy to set up the survey. Like that's when you get to the point of like, we know what we want and when we want to send it, like almost all the work's done. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, then I guess we'll, uh, we'll wrap it there. Thank you, Liz, and thanks everyone for listening. Thank you for listening to the Dynamics Hot Dish Podcast. For additional content and previous episodes, check out our website at dynamicshotdish.com, follow us on Twitter at Dynamics Hot Dish, and subscribe to our podcast for notifications. Thanks. See you next time.